This week's topic is educational policy. Our guests are Erica Donalds, who is associated with a group calling itself Moms for Liberty. And our other guest is Beth Lewis, who is the executive director of Save Our Schools Arizona and a career teacher. From KTAR News, this is The Think Tank, hosted by Dr. Mike O'Neill. Erica and and Beth, I'd like to welcome you both to the show. And uh, uh, finishing out your introduction, Erica, you're uh, also the founder of a a group called Optima Ed. uh, And uh, according to your materials uh, that were put together a few months ago, you're anticipating running schools in several places, including Arizona. Are you up and running for this year? We are. We're currently accepting students to Optima Academy online using the EFA program in Arizona. Okay, so while you are uh, based in Florida, you have an Arizona presence. Well, welcome both of you to the show. Let me start out with you, Erica. Um, The hot topic is uh, school choice. What does that mean? Well, I like to use the term education freedom, and I've been an advocate for school choice, and and now we use different terms because they mean different things to different people. But ultimately, it means giving parents the ability to choose the education environment that works best for their child. And that means that parents who don't have the means to pay for private school on their own uh, or don't have the ability to homeschool, if that's their desire, if that's what works best, that the public funding that would be allocated for that child will follow the child and give the parents the power to make those decisions that they think are best. Beth, your take. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. Um, We've seen in Arizona, obviously, there's been a concerted attempt to force school choice or education freedom or whatever, you know, the word of the day is onto our schools and onto our children. Um, And most of the special interests who are pushing this are profiteers and people who are, you know, extremist religious folks who are trying to indoctrinate our children. And in Arizona, most people aren't buying it. The people who are using this choice or this freedom were people who were already attending private school. They were already homeschooling their kids and they were already able to afford those choices. Now those dollars are coming directly from our local public schools. 92% of our Arizona families choose. I believe the figure, Beth and Erica, in Arizona is 75%. That The figures from the Arizona Department of Education have shown that with the expansion of vouchers in this last round, making it basically uncapped, 75% of the children who are getting vouchers uh, increment, I think the increment this year, of those folks who were added into the system were previously outside of the public school system to begin with. Right. And that number refers to students who had never been in a public school. So we don't even know the data on how many students were in private school or homeschool just the, the last school year. It could be 100 percent. The ADE hasn't given us any information on that. But we do know we're not seeing a massive decrease in public school enrollment. People in Arizona love our public schools. They choose our public schools. They have robust choice between public district schools, charter schools, magnet schools, Montessori school, you name it. Those are all public schools with accountability. That's what Arizona families want to fund. But every time somebody takes an ESA voucher, you're subtracting from those schools and from those kids. That's not free. 
freedom, and that's not even a choice. Erica? Well, the great thing about school choice and what we're talking about is that if you don't want it, you don't have to take it, right? You can continue at your traditional public school, zone school, or even public school choice if you're going outside of your zone, if that is working for your child. But for families who need choices, and in this economic environment, uh, I know you cited that many of these families were already paying for private uh, education, but why should they have to come out of pocket when if their child went to the traditional public school, there would be funding associated with that. This is a savior to a lot of families who have been struggling, who could not put their child back into a public school or in a public school because it wasn't going to work for their family, and now have the relief of getting that assistance that that child deserves so that they can maintain the education that's working for them. I'm one of those families that I have three children, and we moved into an area where I thought my children wanted to go to school, but for one of my three boys, it did not work. And I had to do move heaven and earth to pay for private school education for that one child. But if I needed it for all three children, there's no way I could have taken advantage of it without the assistance that these families are now able to get. Under your proposal, Can these vouchers be used for private religious schools? Absolutely. The beauty of America is we have the freedom to practice our beliefs, whether they be religious beliefs, political beliefs. And a lot of what families are seeing in our traditional public schools is uh, implying a value that do not align with what they teach at home. And that's a reason why many of them want to seek a private education. And they should be free to do that and to pursue the beliefs that they want to instill in their children. You know, America is a wonderful melting pot. Back when the public schools were established, many of them were of the same uh, mindset, the same set of values. But now we're very diverse, and our school system and the freedom for people to educate their children using public dollars has to reflect that diversion of values. Arizona voters have rejected vouchers for exactly this reason. I, people in Arizona may be very different from what you're seeing in Florida, but we don't like taxpayer-funded discrimination, and we don't like state-funded hate. And a lot of the schools that are popping up here in Arizona are schools that are openly anti-LGBTQ. They are openly discriminating against students, teachers, and parents who are gay and they are, they've made their acceptance policies based on that. Um, that's something that Arizona voters really don't stand for. And it also completely eradicates the entire idea of choice. That means the school is the one doing the choosing. And that is what happens 99% of the time with these private academies. Um, when you talked about, you know, it doesn't matter because you don't have to utilize choice. I do use a choice. I choose public schools. 92% of our families do. Unfortunately, the ESA voucher program is set to bankrupt our state and bankrupt our schools because of the way the legislature wrote the law. And so my choice is being defunded because of private school vouchers, homeschool vouchers that are going to completely unaccountable options that are also discriminating against students. Arizona voters do not want this. Let me ask you if I I could, or if you want to respond, you can respond, of course. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I I think there's some inflammatory language being used, like bankrupting public schools. I did serve on the public school board um, here in Florida. I'm very familiar with school budgets and um, the way that the funding works. It's very similar as I've studied the Arizona law as well. And as uh, Beth said, only 8% of your families are taking advantage of the ESAs. 
So any large business, including our school districts, that are losing just 8% of their business are, are going to be able to survive just fine. And if they would want to compete by offering better services or you know, perhaps doing away with some of the things that are uh, turning families off to the public school system, I'm sure that they could maintain a pretty strong uh, majority of families choosing those schools. But that doesn't mean that we should take away the option of families who need something else. We cannot have a one-size-fits-all system. It does not work for all children. And school choice has been shown to improve both access and quality across the board, including in traditional public schools. I would love for you to sit with my principal and tell her that she could afford an 8% budget cut. We are 47th funded in the entire country. Our schools cannot afford printer paper. Our PTOs are fundraising for Kleenex and markers, while these ESA vouchers are going to water skiing lessons in Missouri. This entire concept is an absolute scam. It's an absolute grift. Voters are waking up to it. And... You are wrong in calling public schools a one-size-fits-all model. That couldn't be further from the truth. Our public schools, you may not be familiar with our public schools in Arizona, and that's fine because you don't live here, but our public schools actually offer Montessori options and classical options and STEM academies and arts academies, and they are district schools and they are charter schools. And for you to say that we are offering a one-size-fits-all model is absolutely laughable. Public schools serve a number of functions. Education is one of them. But it is, in many respects, at least since we've ended the draft, the one place in America where we bring together people of widely different backgrounds under a common roof. And if we're going to foster, with public money, sending people off to private academies with that are populated only by like-minded people, how on earth are we to learn to get along when we haven't been exposed to anybody outside of our own personal belief system? I would say many parents would like our public schools to have stayed politically neutral, to not have tried to teach a value system that was contrary to their own beliefs. A lot of the most recent uprising of parent involvement has been as a result of culture wars in the classroom, if you will. And if our classrooms were just sticking to the basics of reading and writing and arithmetic and not trying to teach values that were contrary to many um, that are taught at home, you wouldn't have seen, I think, such an uproar. However, uh, we have seen that and we do need to give people options. And a monopoly has hardly ever worked in the history of our country. It's completely opposed to what we see in all of the industries that have made America great. And the innovations and progress that we have seen in so many different industries are a result of a free market, of the ability to innovate and provide solutions for a diverse citizenry. And so while I agree with you that there should be some common Uh, what we call maybe cultural literacy that brings us together as a nation. I don't think that the only way to do that is through a one-size-fits-all monopolistic system of health. There's never been anybody, I I haven't heard anybody opposed to uh, privately funded private school. I myself went about half of my education was in a Catholic school, but they didn't get a nickel of public funding, and that that system seemed to thrive. Do you think it's classist, though, to say that only those who can afford a private education 
uh, should be able to take advantage of a private education outside of government-funded schools? Well, if I'm talking from my own experience, there was no tuition and it was a lower middle class uh, and lower uh, student body that was managed to be done without any tuition. I don't know they can do that now. They do. But, uh, but uh, I mean, that was my experience. It was it was tuition free. So, uh, but that, that well, go ahead. Go yeah. Ahead. And I'm hoping that we can provide the same opportunity to families across our nation using ESAs, because unfortunately, as you said, it's very rare for our uh, parochial schools to be tuition free. And so our goal with programs like ESA is actually it saves money because the ESAs are getting about half in Arizona of what the traditional public schools are spending per student. So presumably, if every single student took advantage of an ESA, you would cut the education budget in half in the state of Arizona. Now, we know that's not going to happen, but having run a a charter school, many charter schools, I know, um, further to Beth's earlier point, that schools can be run extremely well on less money. We get anywhere from 20 to 30 or 35 percent less than the traditional public schools and have the same or better performance. So I don't think it's about how much that we need. It also incorporates what the student needs and what the parent believes is best for them. And if that means $7,200 toward a private education versus $14,000 in their public school, then we should allow those parents to decide. I don't want to get into a math uh, war, but $14,000 is a lie that's been peddled. Um, the voucher is actually worth $500 more in state dollars than the uh, the typical school receives. So that is just not actually accurate. Uh, most schools do and receive local, local dollars and federal dollars, but those are per student as well. So we're not going to get into the math war. I do kind of want to go back to Mike's point. I share concerns about the fact that our public schools historically have been, you know, the entire fabric of our communities and our democracy, where kids can associate with people from all faiths and all backgrounds and all colors and all walks of life. And I think, you know, with this universal voucher, we are walking away from that. And the state is now funding things that are really dangerous. There are extremist religious academies like Charlie Kirk's Turning Point Academy. We have no idea what kids are being taught, but it is actual indoctrination. We know that kids are taught to hate gay people. We know that there is racist history that's being taught. We know that there is um, untruthful science that is being taught. And it is very scary to think that our taxpayer dollars are going to these programs, first of all. And also the fact that my kids who are in a thriving public school are going to eventually have to join the workforce with these people who have been taught horrific things. What does that do to our democracy? There is nothing in our state law that prevents taxpayer dollars from going to a KKK school or a Nazi micro school. There is nothing preventing that. If it was happening, we wouldn't know. It is a horrific law that needs to be overturned. What is when a voucher goes to a private school? Uh, what is the extent of public oversight of those public monies? Zero. There is no oversight. We don't know how the dollars are being used. We don't know 
what curriculum is being used. We don't know what kids are learning or whether they are learning. There's no academic accountability. We don't know if... Where, the public schools are being tested from here to kingdom come. Yes. And, and, and those, are, those, are be, those test results have been political issues. Right. Say. And a lot of these people who like to use the free market as if our kids are dollar signs like to say, you know, it's all about competition and it's all about these test scores. But if you're not testing the other side, the people who are taking the voucher, the public has no idea whether it's working. That's not a free market. That's not even competition. That's just ridiculous. Um, we also don't know that schools are following state standards. We don't know that teachers are certified. We don't even know that teachers have um, undergone a background check or fingerprinting. So we don't know what kind of adults are being put in front of kids with these tax dollars. There's some specifics there, Erica. Your response? Sure. Your, her comments assume that the bureaucrats care more about the kids than their own parents. Right. As a parent, when I am vetting a school, I am looking at the background of the teachers and their uh, resume and their credentials to see if they're qualified. I want to make sure that that school is testing my child and showing me uh, results in some manner so that I can ensure that they're learning. So I am the best person to look at a school and determine whether that school is going to meet my child's academic needs. That is the best accountability because it is the closest to the child and the person who cares the most about the child. I certainly, as a parent, and any Arizona parent, would care more about the success of their child than some bureaucrat, whether they're at a district or at the state level. So ESAs have the ultimate accountability, because not only can a parent evaluate that for themselves, but they also have that freedom to leave and go somewhere else if it is not working for well, their child. In Arizona, Unlike, in Arizona, they have that option within the public school system. They can truck up and go to another public. Yeah, in Arizona, they do. Well, they can if there's room, right? There's a lot of games being played with public school choice and capacity that don't always allow the mobility that uh, families need. Mm -hmm. They may be able to go somewhere else but not necessarily to the place of their choosing. You know, the, the comment about you, well, you're the most best one. Now, you may be a more sophisticated, a substantially more sophisticated than average parent, but I would question that about a whole lot of parents who haven't had a lot of educational exposure themselves, that they're supposed to evaluate the quality of the teachers. Well, I'd also say they have available help and options for available help. It is a little bit... Um, insulting to families. I mean, look at someone like Ben Carson, whose mother couldn't even read well, and she was able to navigate a great education for him. And my husband's mom, who was not educated at the time when he was a child, was able to find a great education for him and set him up for long-term success. So these parents care just as much about their children as we do about ours in order to find the resources that they need and get them the great education that they deserve. I think we need to put the power in the hands of these parents and give them the ownership and the responsibility to do it because we all know that an involved parent is the very best indicator of student success academically. I'll, I'll let Beth, Beth respond. What, what about what's the role of parents in this and, and what is their capacity to make appropriate choices for their children? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm a parent as well and have been navigating uh, the school system in Arizona for some time. And, you know, I think that it's an important conversation to have. And of course, we need to engage parents. But 
in my experience teaching in low-income Title I schools, the parents of um, of my students were oftentimes working two or three jobs, right? Teenagers were making dinner and doing homework for the littler kids. And the concept of being able to utilize a voucher and have the internet required to do the research, a car required to do all of the shopping for schools, um, it, you know, it is a huge point of privilege to be able to even utilize the voucher as it's set up in Arizona, especially all of these families that are doing micro school for half days and cobbling together this, you know, homeschool curriculum or even online schooling within the home, most people don't have access to that. You have to understand, Erica, in Arizona, families are poor. We're very poor and there's a lot of working class families and they really rely on our local public schools. And people are really upset that their local public schools are being defunded in the name of choice when they've made their choice and they need their kid to be able to walk to the local school where all of the teachers are safe and vetted, where they can trust that kids are going to get a good education. And also they're going to get breakfast and lunch and they're probably going to get tennis shoes and a backpack. And that's not going to happen at the local private school. That private school isn't set up for them. And that's the reality that our families face. And a lot of voucher families are finding this out the hard way where they're sold a lie and told, oh, yeah, you get this free $7,000. You can use it however you want. And they're painted this dreamscape. And then they try to go utilize the voucher and they're turned away from school after school after school. And to me, that's not school choice. Let, let me ask you both a final question to conclude this this particular segment. Let's accept I think it's a fair except with rare exception that parents, any parent wants the best for their kid. And my concern isn't isn't whether parents want that. It's the capacity of less sophisticated parents to be able to distinguish educational quality on the one hand from a slick marketing campaign. Right. That there are that if the campaign promises Things that any parent wants, our parents checking for educational credentials and and certification and and things like that that you'd want. Uh, I'd just ask you both to respond to that. Yeah, as a teacher, I mean, I've had lots of families come in and say, okay, you know, here's Johnny. He's in fifth grade. And I was told at his, uh, you know, little strip mall private school that he was on accelerated curriculum. So he's two years advanced. And then we'd test him and we'd realize you know, I'm so sorry, ma'am, but Johnny's actually at a third grade reading level. We're going to meet him where he is. We're going to lift him up. We're going to get this all taken care of. But I need you to know. And they'd be devastated and they'd be furious because they were lied to. Erica, you get the last comment in this segment. Yeah, no, I, I don't doubt that that occurs. And I do believe in accountability through transparency. And perhaps that's something that the state of Arizona is going to look at as the program grows to make sure that parents have the information they need to make decisions. Um, and, and I'm not opposed to that. In Florida, our families do have to take, uh, our, our students have to take a test if they're going to uh, take advantage of a scholarship so their family knows how they're doing in school. However, um, I will say that we're not giving these families enough credit. And if we have such a swath of parents that are unqualified to select a school for their children, where do we look? to the public schools that educated them and did not prepare them to even select a quality school? When are we going to break the cycle to make sure that students who grow up to be these parents in the future are well prepared to select a school and 
create an academic program that is going to work well for their child and ultimately uh, will love going to school and thrive in their learning environment every day. I think we need a diverse uh, academic program environment with, yes, a free market system where people can choose something that is going to work well for their child. And this is what is going to thrive in Arizona and help the economy grow, help innovation and help create the leaders of tomorrow. So I see it differently. I think it's a great opportunity for Arizonans. Yes, it's infantile now, but as it grows, you're going to see more and more innovation in education. And even the public schools are going to learn from that and improve. Well, I promised you the last word, but it's not the end of the conversation, which is too important to deal with in one show. We will be back next week with a follow-up segment in the Think Tank. If you want to reach me, the website is mikeoneal.org. That is the vehicle to uh, email or other, or other social media contacts with me. And I want to thank both of our guests, uh, Erica Donalds and Beth Lewis. The two of them will be back next week in a follow-up conversation in the Think Tank. 